Hello, everybody. This is Brandon Suarez with the On Tap Sports. This is Irish On Tap. Today, I am joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. We got a action-packed episode today. Today, we're going to recap the Bowling Green game from this past weekend. We're going to take a look at the USC game for this next weekend. And we also have a special surprise for some of our XFL fans as we have a full list of Notre Dame players that will be playing in the XFL this upcoming season with the draft taking place next Tuesday and Wednesday. First and foremost, Ethan, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. Um, coming off a big win, uh, much needed win, much needed offensive win, uh, and then getting set for the rivalry game on Saturday. Um, I haven't hasn't been confirmed, but I'm hearing that we're wearing green jerseys. So uh, anytime that that happens is pretty great. Um, like I said, it's not confirmed yet. I hope they do. I'll be rocking the green jersey. Why not the green number eight Malik Zaire jersey? Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's been a fun week, and uh, it'll be uh, good to watch on Saturday night. Yeah, shout out to Overtime Malik. But yes, I have seen a lot of uh, subliminal shots, whether it's players wearing green scarves, green color schemes, all that stuff on Twitter this week. So that would definitely be dope, uh, especially a battle for the jeweled shillelagh this weekend against USC. But before we get into that, let's take a you know a quick t- a quick look back at this past weekend. So Notre Dame squared off with Bowling Green this past Saturday, as we both called it. You know, it was going to be an ugly game. It was ugly early. Notre Dame ended up winning that game to the tune of fifty-two to nothing. Ian Book did everything that we had asked of him. You know, he has seen of twenty. 261 yards, five touchdowns, four different receivers getting involved. Uh, I know he hit Tremble. Claypool had two. And then uh, late in the game, Yurkovich actually threw a touchdown, so that was nice to see. He hit Avery Davis late in the game. Uh, the defense did, you know, have two sacks and eight tackles for loss. Jameer Jones and Aquara add to their yearly sack total. So, I mean, there's not really too much to talk about as far as last week goes. What do you got for me as far as the Bowling Green game goes? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it. Uh, it, It's everything that we asked of the offense. Um, Came out and, excuse me, lit it up. And, uh, you know, we we said all week that this needed to be a game that the offense uh, needed to get their stuff together and and click. And I think we saw that. So, um, you know, hoping that it's not peaking at the right time, that that's just a, a preview of what we'll get. Um, obviously teams going forward aren't bowling green, but, um, you know, it was a nice, nice little performance from the offense and just hope that it continues going forward. Yeah. And, and before we move even further, it is USC week. So I have to hit a celebratory crack them. So definitely got to hit one of those. But my thoughts on this weekend is why could have NIU played bowling green? They probably would have won, bro. <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah that was a tough one that was a tough but, one. Yeah. but notre dame got the, the win uh it would have been an even worse weekend if both of our mac te- or both of our teams just ended up losing yes yes so yeah on the day tony jones finished seven carries 102 yards javon mckinley five receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown uh, Claypool ended up reeling in two touchdowns. Ian Book ended up connecting with Tommy Tremble in the first quarter as well as Cole Komet. So the ball was spread around pretty evenly. And like I had mentioned, Yurkovich found Avery Davis late in the game for another touchdown. The offense was relatively well involved. Obviously, this was a steamroll game. We kind of predicted this. Everybody knew that this was going to happen. 
Uh, but moving into USC week, you know, it's just something that you wanted to see. You wanted to see the offense just get the ball rolling, get, you know, get yards, get the passing game going, because the passing game has not been up to par this year. Um, obviously, it's the, uh, you know, the cream of talent that we're normally used to playing, obviously, a little on that. We'll see a little bit of a more talented uh, team come over to South Bend this weekend in USC. But this is also a team that is pretty battered with injuries to this point. Um, also on the topic of injuries, too, some good news out of South Bend. Sean Crawford's expected to be back for the Michigan game per Brian Kelly. So that is huge news. Obviously, we have the bye week following this matchup um, versus USC, and we're going into the big house after that. So if we can get Sean Crawford back for that game, that'll be huge. But as far as this weekend goes, uh, you know, the game is this Saturday at Notre Stadium. It's at 630. Obviously, it's going to be on NBC. Matt Predictor has us at an eight, at Notre Dame as an 84% chance to win. The over-under is set at 59, and Notre Dame as 11-point favorites. Uh, before I even get into anything other, you know, related as far as this game goes, I have a quote from uh, the son of former Tampa Bay, running, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Michael Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is a receiver on the USC Trojans. He uh, said this in regards to his younger teammates at USC when speaking of Notre Dame. He said, I told them to embrace the suck, he said. It's going to be cold, but it'll be fun when we're running up the score. I, I don't know, you know, what kind of California weed, weed this dude's smoking, but that's just not going to happen. This offense is not scoring more than 17, maybe 21 points. So they can get a special teams or a defensive touchdown. Like, it's not happening. Notre Dame's going to win this game. Notre Dame is going to score any, you know, we're not going to get into that right now. We'll get into the predictions, predictions later. But Notre Dame should have no problems with this USC team. Ethan, how do you feel about that quote coming from a team you know, they didn't beat us last year. Sure as hell didn't beat us in 2017. I actually would have to look up the stat for the last time that USC beat Notre Dame. I apologize for not doing my homework. But thoughts on on the blasphemy from that quote? Well, I mean, I was at the game in 2014 around the same time, same temperature that it's going to be uh, Saturday night. And USC, they couldn't handle it. I mean, this, this place is going to be sold out. Um you know, it's team from the, Southern California, baby. They're not cut it, like this. You know, those guys were out there. There was a few guys in warmups wearing, you know, like the, the full on winter, the ski masks, you know, so, and I was there in a hoodie, you know, so, uh, there, look, it's going to be the same outcome that it was in 2014. The defense is playing at the same level that that team was. Um, we've been, you know, we've blown out USC. Uh, for the last couple of years in big time games too, obviously to uh, to go to the playoff last year, we beat USC on the road. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think this team has gone through so much this season. Um, you know, they haven't been as good as USC has been in the past. Um, coming into South Bend with this team, that's you know they're surviving. They're surviving yeah. by beating teams every week. Um, with, with the big win and the expected win last week as well. Um, you know, it's a good time for them right now, obviously getting guys back. Um, the momentum for this Notre Dame team going forward would be huge if they, if they get this win on Saturday night. And I think they will. Sold out Notre Dame Saturday night. Under uh, the lights, too. Under the lights at South Bend. I'm going to go out Notre on a limb. I don't go to Notre Dame, but I'm going to assume it's probably homecoming week or something to that effect. 
Yeah, I think with the whole the Irish wear green night too, I, I would you know suspect that that's the case. Yeah. And look, I, going off of that too, I, I saw an article yesterday. There's about 13 recruits, big time recruits coming to Notre Dame this weekend. So uh, there's actually there's a full list. I actually shout out to uh, Irish Sports Daily on Instagram. They're always keeping me up to date. Yeah, we we probably read the same article. Yeah, there's a big there's a uh, lucky there a lot like of big names coming. Thirty people on that list. I was like, holy shit, what a big game. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But I as mean, far as that just that goes to show that the confidence in Brian Kelly and his coaching staff that you know they can they big in or bring in these these big recruits. And against their rival, Isaiah Pryor is going to be there this weekend too. Yeah, so so that's huge. Yeah, and and the the support from Notre Dame alums as well in the NFL, um, guys like that are all shouting them out this week. These guys know the importance for this game, and you know, like I said, it's at home. It's going to be cold. uh, Yeah, I think this this will be a a big week for Notre Dame. Yeah, and it's, it's a rivalry game. You know, we brought it up last week. I brought it up at the beginning of the podcast. It's the battle of the Jeweled Shillelagh. Um, obviously, you know, <clears throat> as far as college football analysts and experts go, it's a rivalry that may have lost its lust over the recent years. Uh, Notre Dame has won six out of the last ten matchups dating back to 2009, and they've won three out of the last four matchups dating back to 2015. So we've had our way uh, more often than not with this USC team. As far as this year goes, uh, you know, leading up to this game, USC has faced an immense amount of injuries. Uh, JT Daniels actually went down with a torn ACL and a torn meniscus at the beginning of the year. So that, in effect, ended his season. Ethan, how do you, you know, feel that this USC team has been able to bounce back and kind of weather the storm to be somewhat respectable, at least in the Pac-12, since that injury? Well, they're on their third quarterback of the season. So if that goes to, to show anything there, um, you know, at the end of the day, they are still three and two. You know, it's not like the season went down the drain for them. Um, you know, they're putting up 429 yards so far this season. So uh, it's it's still, a you know, a decent offense. Uh, I just think the Notre Dame defense will be a little too bit too much to handle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so real quick, before we get into the numbers, week one, USC played Fresno State at home. They won 31-23. to They played Stanford the following week at home, ended up winning that one 45-20. They lost to BYU on the road 30-27. to They played Utah at home, who was ranked at the time, I believe, top 12, top 15 range. They won that game 30-23. to and then they traveled to Washington on the 28th. They lost that game 28-14. to 14. So they actually had a bye week. This is one of the things that we brought up at the beginning of the season on Irish on Tap. All these teams that were coming off a of bye week, they're going to be traveling to Notre Dame. Ethan, like you had mentioned, there's a lot of injuries at the quarterback position. They're going to be trotting out a freshman by the name of Keaton Slovis. I believe that is how you pronounce it, but Keaton has had a season so far that follows – 60 completions out of 77 attempts, 732 yards, five touchdowns, and four interceptions on an offense that is averaging 29 points per game. Uh, Like you said, 429 yards per game with 292 of those coming in the air and 137 on the ground. So, Ethan, how do you feel uh, about this freshman quarterback? He maybe only played like three, three games, maybe a little bit of a fourth, coming into Notre Dame Stadium. Um, you think he's ready for this? 
Well, it would be, I mean, he did play in Washington. Uh, obviously, the environment there, uh, a little different. Um, but I, I think with Notre Dame Stadium being as, you know, Washington, I think is a little bit more spread out. Uh, but that's a lot of noise to handle. Uh, it was a loud night when I went a few years back. Uh, it's going to be loud again. Um, and like I said, that defense is going to be too much to handle. I mean, if you look at the numbers, Notre Dame's allowed 147 yards on the ground this season. USC has had 137 on the ground this season. So I, I just don't see – the run game's not going to go anywhere. I think Notre Dame will shut that down. We've talked about the run defense. Um, but I think they're going to bring a lot of pressure. They're, they're gonna bring solid pressure. at every level. They're going to bring pressure on a freshman quarterback. Um I don't see him having a big night. So, yeah, I think this defense, the crowd obviously will play a huge effect. Um, and, you know, those guys on defense will feed off that. And it's just going to be – it's going to be a fun day for the Irish defense. So they do have um, not necessarily a polarizing back, but a relatively uh, good-sized back. So at six six foot 220, uh, they have Vave Malapé. So that's their running back. On the season, uh, Malapé is 79 carries, 360 yards, and four touchdowns to this point. Um, this is an offense that's more of a pro-style offense to the USC defense that you've seen over the years. So it's interesting to see uh, how they're going to be able to react against that pass rush. And then, too, it's like I said, it's there's really no slouch on that defense. Obviously, we were harping on the linebacking court early in the season, but they have since re, you know revived themselves and you know, I would argue that Awozu Koromoa is, a, you know, one of the most vital parts of our defense flying around there sideline to sideline. Um, but Michael Pittman Jr., also the guy who made headlines this week with the quotes, their leading receiver. He's got 35 receptions for 501 yards and four touchdowns. And like I had mentioned earlier, he is the son of former Tampa Bay Buccaneer running back Michael Pittman, who was a quality back who was running behind Mike Allstott for years. So... Obviously, yep. football runs in his blood. Um, it's going to be... Go, we, have go. A, we have an interesting matchup uh, for USC as well. Uh, Amon Ray St. Brown, Equinemius St. Brown's brother, uh, is receiver at USC. Brian Kelly on his radio show today actually said that he uh, will be keying in on him uh, a lot this weekend. So um, whether or not uh, Coach Kelly saw something there with uh, trying to get him going so uh, we'll see if uh, eq comes back uh they do got a monday night game in yeah detroit, i was gonna so... say he's definitely gonna be there they got a monday night game in detroit the notre dame connection over there with detroit is it's like it's like right across the road to them so it's not that far uh, yeah i presume that he's there but uh yeah st brown just like his brother is a big receiver um obviously not their leading receiver but um yeah, I, I catching passes. He's, he's capable Rogers. of making plays. Yeah, he's capable of making plays. Um, he was recruited by Notre Dame as well. Um, obviously, he wanted to stay local back in Southern Cal and uh, play at USC. So, um, be an interesting matchup. Oh yeah, no doubt. It'll be good to see another St. Brown out there running around against the Irish. As far as this USC defense goes, they're allowing twenty-four points per game. Uh, on the average, they're allowing 400 yards or 411 yards per game, 236 in the air and 175 on the ground. So expect a full dose of Tony Jones. 
Um, obviously, this is a game that we don't even have, you know, unless we, for whatever reason, get down early or want to turn it into a shootout, I think this is a game we can stick to our game plan, play some Notre Dame football, run the ball down USC's throat, and that will lead to everything else. But, I mean, 175 yards a game is a lot. And Tony Jones is, you know, Tony Jones Jr., Sebo Flemister, Avery Davis, even Ian Book will contribute to that. Fully expect them to reach, you know, close to 200 yards on this USC defense. Well, the thing that they have to do, and we've talked about it before, is they they can't come out slow. Uh, you got to take the momentum from last week, and you got to roll with that into the first play of the first drive that they get the ball. You know, so I'd love to see him come out and take a shot on first down and move the ball right away. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be conservative this week and, and get back to that run game, which, you know, obviously will be successful, but I uh, kind of hope they they open up the playbook a little bit and let Ian Book use the arm that he has. Uh, but, yeah, the, I mean, the offense can't take a step back this week. Um, you know, it's been – they've been taking good steps up. Uh, obviously, the Bowling Green game last week was a huge step forward. Uh, but the key to this game for me, especially on the offensive side, is just not to take a step back this week. So, Oh, yeah. Positive vibes only. We're only moving forward. This is an offense that needs to keep the ball rolling. As far as the USC defensive side goes, uh, they do have a linebacker by the name of John Houston Jr., 25 solo tackles, 45 combined on the year. And then they have a safety. Ethan, this is my mispronunciation of the week, but Talanoa Hufanga. So he is their safety. 26 tackles on the year, 42 combined. So we got a couple of slow tackle monsters out there, um, some people to look out for this weekend. But I'm not, you know, overall worried about this USC team. You know, as far as the last few years go, they have not been the USC team, you know, the same team that we saw growing up, you know, with Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, Rendell White, all those guys running around there. This is a USC team that has had struggled to even contend in the Pac-12. Um you know, I can't even name the last time they won the Pac-12. I know they have not qualified for the college football playoff. And they haven't played in a national championship or a game that's really worth a, sh- a while. So I guess they got to get all the bulletin board material that they can together to come out here and beat us. Because, I mean, if they do go ahead and this is probably the biggest win in, you know, the USC program in quite some years. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously uh, a huge game for them as well. Uh, they're just about to hit the Pac-12 play, so... Uh, a huge win on the road. Um, you know, they, they beat a very good Utah team at home. Um, so it's not, you know, we can't count them out, but uh, this would be obviously a huge game for them. The importance of the rivalry as well will be something for them to, you know, try and get their heads going. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can't count them out, but uh, ultimately I think Notre Dame's the better team here. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Uh, Ethan, as far as the offense goes this week, who do you have as your former of the week? Well, you know, it's a big-time game. Uh, I'm going to go Ian Book. He's going to light it up. Obviously, he's going he's gonna to enjoy the spotlight. Uh, I think he's going to make plays finally, you know, on the, the big-time set against a, a good defense. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Ian Book this week. It's going to be a big day for him. Uh, it's going to be a big day for the offense. And as far as the defense goes? Uh, you know, Brian Kelly on his radio show as well today, I quoted it earlier. He said uh, Kyle Hamilton is, quote, a special player. Uh, I think that 
Uh, USC's run game is going to get shut down early. I think they're going to try and pass the ball a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to go Kyle Hamilton as my defensive player. I think he hasn't been hasn't been uh, as or called as much lately. Uh, so I think it'll be a good breakout game for him. Uh, I think an uh, interception is coming his way. So, uh, yeah, Kyle Hamilton on defense this week for me. Yes, yes, and interceptions against USC are a sight to see. Uh, obviously, you got to remember the last time they traveled to USC in 2017 when Kavari Russell ended the game on a game-sealing interception. I think, like you said, though, this is a – this is an offense that's going to be under duress on Saturday. They have not played a team of our caliber. Our pass rush is elite. We have good line, you know, we have good enough linebackers, and we have an elite secondary. Obviously, even with Sean Crawford being out, so I think it's going to be a it's going to be tough sledding for that USC offense. Um, as far as the offense goes this week, I got Chase Claypool as my player of the week. He had two touchdowns last week. I think he's going to be able to build on that performance. Uh, although, you know, it was against Bowling Green. Two touchdowns, still two touchdowns. And I think it's just thing that he needed at this point in the season uh, to get his confidence back up because, you know, we haven't seen Claypool play, you know, and he's been getting doubled. It's a little bit tougher on him. Teams have been keying in on him. But he's going to be able to piece this together and have a quality second half of the season. It started last week, and, I, you know, I – I see at least one touchdown this week, if not two. The USC DB are going to be in for a long night uh, against Claypool. And then on the defensive side, I'm going to go ahead and go out and say player of the game is going to be Myron Tagovailoa. Also, okay, so he's going to be plugging up the middle. This is a USC team that I think is going to try and get the run established early. I think I'm going to go opposite to what you're going to say. So I think. Obviously, with them knowing that it's a team a little bit above their caliber, they're not going to be trying to turn this into a shout. I don't, you know, they're not going to be able to put up the points, first of all. And second of all, they're not going to be able to move the ball like they think they're going to be able to. You know, this is a team that's going to have to have a balanced, quality attack against this Notre Dame defense in order to beat us. And I think it starts up front. I think we're going to get a good enough push with our front seven to make not only the quarterback stay a nightmare, uh, but the running back as well. So, in my opinion, uh, Ethan, I didn't ask you your score prediction, so I'll ask you first. What do you have the final score as? Well, like I said, I think USC uh, is still a good team. Um, you know, they are 26th in pass offense, uh, so they, you know, they can throw the ball. I just, like I said, I think Notre Dame's defense is going to be too much for them at the end of the day. Um, I think they're going to keep it somewhat close. Um, I'm going to go 28-17 Notre Dame over USC. Oh, nice. So it's a nice low-scoring affair. I do think the weather, too, will kind of keep it that way. Um, I was kind of in the same ballpark. I had 35-17. to 17. I think this is, you know, an offense that really needs to continue to do things the right way. So, obviously, the running game has been a staple for this, for this offense this year. But I think this is a defense that you can look to take advantage of. Um, they are giving up about 230 yards in the air. That's right around the neighborhood that Ian Book passes for anyways. So if we can get, you know, about 200 yards, maybe two touchdowns, no turnovers off Ian Book, it should be a quality performance. Obviously, we both have Notre Dame finishing uh, with the victory. Uh, you to the tune of 28 to 17, me 38 or 35 to 17. Uh, but Ethan, do you have you know any other thoughts as far as you know Slovis goes, Malapai, Pitt, and any of these weapons on this USC team? 
Uh, I mean, I think the quarterback play is something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, obviously they are bringing out their third quarterback. Um, like I said, I mean, Notre Dame's allowed three passing touchdowns all season. So I, I think on both sides of the ball, uh, their offense just won't, their, their running stats isn't, is, is not great. Um, you know, we've, we've played good defense, uh, against the run this season. Um, and the fact that we've only allowed three passing touchdowns this season, just, uh, you know, it, it goes to show that, you know, we're the better team, we're the better defense. Um, you know, the offense for USC won't do much for us. Yeah. And I, and like I said, I kind of teased it early in, in the, in the podcast. I, like I said, 17 points, I think's the ceiling at the very most 21 is what we're going to be seeing out of USC this weekend. So, Ethan, for our gambling guys, you have it as a push and the under hitting. Uh, I honestly, you know, we we had our, you know, we have our on tap Sportsnet in house gambling correspondent. Uh, he puts out pieces every week. You'll have to go out and check Kevin out. He's a, you know, he's a great guy. Has the degenerate picks of the week. But you know, me and Ethan, I got no put on this game. I'm just hoping for a, a Notre Dame victory. And we do have some uh, rather important and breaking news as far as Notre Dame graduates and football athletes go. So next Tuesday um, and Wednesday, October 15th and 16th, Vince McMahon and Oliver Lux XFL will be holding their inaugural draft. So this is a 71-round draft. Eth, have you heard uh, you know, anything about this draft? You got some of, some of the things that have been posted on Twitter Anything of that nature? You see some names that have popped out on the screen to you? Yeah, there are a few uh, former ND names. Uh, Tarian Folston, a big running back that came uh, out of Notre Dame. Um, did see some other names on there. I saw uh, Niles Morgan's name on there as well. Um, you know, We're hoping our guy, uh, Max Redfield, finds somewhere to go. Um, yes, tune into the podcast Mental Mastery with Max and look out for him in the XFL this year. Niles Morgan as well. That's a guy that you saw spend some time over the, the Arizona Hot Shots last year in the AAF. Uh, Max Redfield with Birmingham Iron in the AAF. And Terrian Folson that was with the Atlanta Legends in the AAF. So three guys that, you know, they may not have gotten their shot at the NFL yet, but they continue to keep grinding, and they are finding opportunities at the end of the day. Yeah, just looking through the list here, Jonas Gray popped out uh, another – yeah, former, former New England Patriot, yeah. Um, oh, I think they're rep, uh, well represented. I think there's a lot of, of good names that uh, came out of Notre Dame on this list, and it'll be fun to to get some extra football during the, the NFL and NCAA offseason with some former names in there. So, Yeah, and some other notables are Nick Wisher, you know, former Notre Dame tight end. Jerron Jones, who I'm not 100% positive he'll be playing offensive line or defensive line, but I know with his most recent stint with the Buffalo Bills, he did get switched over to the offensive line. Uh, Scott Daly, the former long snapper, is going to be out there in the XFL draft. And Nick Watkins as well. He was a former Notre Dame player, fifth year, transferred over to Houston, but he will be in the XFL draft. And I think, in my opinion, uh, the most surprising, the most recent NFL player TJ Jones is going to be joining his brother Malachi Jones over in the XFL draft. So I think that would be pretty dope. Any team that get 
one, if not both of those receivers on their team is going to have a pretty successful offense. But I saw TJ Jones catch a touchdown, you know, either from Daniel Jones or Eli Manning within the last two weeks. So he was someone that was performing that I didn't necessarily see, uh, you know, deserving of being cut from an NFL team. So it was a really big surprise for me. But it's good that he's able to hop right back up on feet and maybe he'll have the opportunity to play with his brother, who also played in the AAF as well last year. It was with the Bears as well. I actually got a picture uh, with Cody White here with Malachi Jones in the background. So I Yes, guess Ma- Malachi Jones, notable preseason uh, roster guy last year. Also uh, rookie of the year in the AFL last year for the Albany Empire. He won the AFL in the AFL championship this year and was the receiver of the year in the AFL this year. So quality receiver, someone that we've seen walk through Hallis Hall and play for our beloved Chicago Bears. And his brother was a Notre Dame fighting Irish player. So it's obviously good to see that out there. The draft itself is going to be held via a conference call, and the results will be released via the XFL social media uh, channels, so whether via Twitter, Instagram, other ways like that, they'll get it out there. The league's going to use a snake format in order for each phase of the draft to be completed. The first phase is going to be offensive skill positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. That that phase is 10 rounds. The second phase is offensive linemen, tackle guards, and centers. That's 10 rounds. Phase three is the defensive front seven, D linemen and linebackers. That one is also 10 rounds. Phase four, DBs, corners and safeties, 10 rounds. And then phase five is open draft, 30 rounds, free to pick any player that you want. Obviously, it's an expansion draft, so 71 rounds is the number that they need to have the rushers filled. But it's great to see some structure from one of these developmental leagues that we really do hope to be an avenue for players, you know, whether it's some of our favorite college players or players that we saw in the NFL that, you know, throughout camp, we thought for whatever reason, we're going to make our team get an opportunity to get out there and get paid to play football. So I think it's super dope, brother. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that these guys get an uh, an extra opportunity. Uh, um, You know, they still got a career and still got a place to play football. So it'd be good to see those guys get back out there. Oh, yeah. And then also, too, there's going to be a supplemental draft held in November of 2019. Uh, That is when I will hope to see some of Bishop Sports Management clients get their shot at the XFL. We unfortunately did not have any invites, but it is what it is. It's back to the grind. We will get those guys their spots. As far as Irish on tap goes for this week, Ethan, do you have, you know, Anything else for our listeners as far as the USC game goes this week or our XFL uh, draft hopes this upcoming week? Uh, well, good luck to them. Uh, obviously, we're we're wishing the best uh, over here. Uh, go Irish, obviously, uh, no matter where you're playing. Um, and as far as USC, like I said, I think it's going to be a huge night for Notre Dame. Um, the weather's going to keep it close, like I said, but or like you said, but uh, Ian Book, I'm still going to say two touchdowns. Uh, The defense is going to play lights out. So, uh, yeah, go Irish and, uh, you know, wear green, baby. Yes, definitely going to be wearing green out there on Saturday. We will keep you guys posted on the Irish on tap game. Brian's going to be at the game on Saturday, so he'll be getting the content out to the people. As far as next week goes, obviously we'll have a recap episode for you as far as the USC game goes. Tuesday and Wednesday we'll look to get you 
out the coverage as far as the XFL draft goes. Maybe that's something that we can look to get an episode out as far as the bye week goes, but we'll definitely at least get those picks out to the fans on Twitter so you know where your favorite Notre Dame football players can be playing in the XFL at for next season. And, as far as oh, and go ahead, we, we can officially make the announcement that uh, you and I will be at the Boston College game on November 23rd. Yes, that is the most important news of this week that I forgot to mention. Our tickets are secured for the Notre Dame-Boston College matchup on November 23rd. I could not be more excited. The last time I went to Notre Dame was the famous Northwestern game that we blew late. So I am excited to get back out there, crack some cold ones with the boys. I'm going to be bringing my mom, Ethan, my co-host. They're going to be riding with me and my girlfriend, Morgan. So it's going to be a great time. And, yeah, at that point, I I still think – what better way to spend my 22nd birthday at South Bend cracking them? So. Oh, cracking the lattes, throwing the football around, and a Notre Dame victory. And two, uh, one of my favorite players outside of the Notre Dame lock, I'll get a chance to see an A.J. Dillon. I think he's a quality back that'll have the chance to play on Sundays. Uh, but, yeah, Ethan, let's try and run this back. Do we have any more off-the-rails post-show information for our listeners this week? No, that's it for me, man. Go Irish. All right, go Irish, brother. Thank you for listening. This was another episode of Irish on Tap presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. Irish by Tap.